Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. Alongside me, my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going? It's going well. I'm glad to be back doing this. Lockout is over. Opening day is later this week. We have a lot to catch up on. Signings, trades, new rules in baseball. Um, So I'm really excited and looking forward to this new season. Yeah, um, just to touch on what Nick was talking about, the lack of content is because we really haven't had anything to make content about given a lockout and that we are a baseball podcast. There's not much that we can really force, I guess is the right word, would be force. And um, it would have just made for a bad show, um, kind of a repetitive show, I guess. And uh, now that baseball is back, now that we have content, um, you know, podcast will be back up to once, maybe even twice a week. Um, articles will be up on the on the website um, once a week. So check that out. Uh, that's the baseball plug um, Really getting back into the swing of things, pumping out content. And this is just the start of it. So today, obviously, we're going to touch on pretty much everything that has gone on since the lockout ended. Um, we are, what, four days from opening day. And uh, yeah, let's just hop right in. Okay, so lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Um, I, I guess we start with the lockout. I guess we start in chronological order um, of when this, of when we got baseball back. So the good thing, let's get out of the way, is that we have 162 games. That's phenomenal. That is something that I was not expecting, Nick. I don't think you were expecting at all. I don't think anyone was really expecting. And we're getting 162 games. I don't care if they're double headers, whatever the case may be. If we get the most baseball that we can, I'm happy with that. And I think that's a really good look, especially after um, the pandemic when we only had 60 games. For there to be two shortened seasons in three years, that'd be a really bad look for baseball. I agree. I'm really, really thrilled that we have 162. I mean, we went through the, the lockout started on December 2nd and ended on March 17th. And really through all of December and all of January, I didn't even know that we were going to get a season. Like there was just, we weren't hearing anything. Both sides weren't making progress. The owners didn't want to seem to come to the table. They hadn't talked since sometime last season. Um, and I was worried we might not even get a season. Uh, forget about even thinking about 162 games. And then, you know, over late February, early March is when we started getting some reports that, hey, these two sides are sitting down. They really seem motivated to work things out right now just to get a season out because they realize as much as the fans that two shortened seasons in three years is horrible um, for everybody involved. They realize that if they had a shortened season, fans wouldn't watch this, the game. Um, people would just move on to other sports. And so they came up with an agreement. And here we are with 162 games and extra three ga- days added on to the end of the regular season. And as you mentioned, a couple double headers and, we're ready to roll. I mean, everything seems to be situated. Uh, some teams are still kind of figuring things out. But other than that, I mean, like you said, we're four days away and none of us thought this would be happening. Yeah. Um, so we'll go over the terms of the new collective bargaining agreement, the new CBA. It's five years. It goes from 2022 to December 1st of 2026. 
Um, and then we've expanded playoffs. And that's something that I like. I'm a fan of them. Some people don't like him at all. Nick's nodding his head. He likes it. I like it too. So, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of mixed opinions, but I guess we're going to try to see it from both sides here. So basically what it is, is let me pull it up. It's 12 teams will make the playoffs starting in 2022. And the two division winners with the best records in each league will receive a bye. And then the third division winner will be the highest seed in the first round. And the wild card team with the best record will be the next. These two teams will host a three-game first-round series, kind of similar to what happened in 2020. Starting in 2023, all teams will play each other, including teams in both leagues, in a more balanced schedule. So that means just more early play. I love the new expanded playoffs. I think we get to see teams make playoff appearances a year or two ahead of schedule. Um, and I like that because... I think it's fun. It's almost like a trailer. Like, yeah, we know you're not going to get that far, but Hey, you know, if you do, fuck, that's great. Like perfect. Like that, that's a great story. Like baseball is a business. It's an entertainment business and it's a great story. If you've got an 85 win team or an 80 win team and you know, they, they go win the world series or they go to the NLCS or, you know, I'm totally on board with you here. I mean, I think for years, baseball fans and the younger generation of baseball fans, I should say, had kind of been complaining that baseball wasn't really modernizing its game as much as we've seen the NBA or the NFL, specifically when it comes to expanded playoffs. We've seen in recent years, the NFL within the past couple of years expanded their playoffs to seven teams in each conference. The NBA now has a play-in tournament. Um, MLB has now expanded their playoffs and they're finally slowly, but surely starting to catch up to the modern times of sports. Of course, baseball is still America's pastime, but we need to move past that in a sense and understand that you're going to lose money. You're going to lose revenue. You're going to lose people if you don't modernize the game to the way basketball and football are today. And I think this is great for league too, because what the league has done so terrible in for years and years and years they don't really advertise their game. They don't get it out internationally as well as these other sports do. So what I think is great is this is an additional chance for a team like the Angels with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to get into the playoffs at 85 wins or 80 wins. Like, we need those guys in the playoffs because that's when the, better for the game the game's on. Yeah, it, it's, it's better for the game. Um, another thing that came out of the CBA is I think starting next season, they're going to be playing some international games overseas, which is so, going to yeah. be great for the game as well. Uh, I think it's like six different locations, including like London and Australia, um, I think. Australia. Um, so I think that that's great for the game too. But um, we needed expanded playoffs. It was time. Um, it was, and you know what? I kind of like the fact that we got rid of the one game wildcard game. I like the best of three more. I, I love it. It's more games, more revenue, more time to see these star players. Yeah, I mean, if you get more time to watch Shohei Otani, if you get more time to watch Mike Trout, you know, that, that's good for baseball. We like that. that that's good. Um, then there's the playing rule changes. So the big one um, was the universal DH. So that's going to be incorporated starting right now, 2022. I'm, I'm geeked for that. Pitchers should not be hitting. I don't want to hear it. Like, it, they, they just should not be hitting. I can't, it's not fun. Even the best hitters, like, let's say, 
I I would say that Madison Bumgarner or Zach Greinke is the best hitter. But let's go with Madison Bumgarner because he's a National League pitcher, right? People will say, oh, well, you know, I want to see him hit. You know, it's fun to see a pitcher hit. It's really not because I'm looking at his, like, he's got a career WRC plus of 44. Why would you willingly want to see that happen? Why would you willingly, like, that is your best hitter at that position? And he's terrible he's really bad at hitting so why do you willingly want to see that happen and now we get to see more hitters we get to see more action we don't have to see pitchers flail and bunt attempts or or pop stuff up or go up to the go up to the go up to the plate and be on the very outside of the batter's box because they're afraid they're going to get hurt you ever watch an american league team go go to a national league ballpark it's it's awful it's tragic it's so terrible it's like they've never played baseball in their life i get it you're a pitcher you're not supposed to hit thank you that's what we're doing that's been incorporated now now we get to see more nukes i totally agree with you i'm I'm on board here i mean for me it's gonna get a while it's gonna be a while to get used to having a dh because i know you you you're a yankees fan american league they've had the dh for as long as you've been watching for me, this is going to be really the first go-around of a full 162-game season with a DH. Um, so it's going to be really cool and interesting to see. But I think one of the things I'm looking for Did they do that in most, 2020? Did they do that in they, 2020? They did in 2020. Okay. I, didn't know. Like, I yeah. couldn't tell if I was making that up or not. Yeah, no, they did. Um, so one of the things I'm interested in, because what happens a lot in the National League in the past is – you know, you have an eight hitter coming up to the plate and there may be a guy or two on base, but there's two outs. So the pitcher's just going to pitch around you to get to, so the, to pitcher get the pitcher that's yeah. hitting. And, and then the pitcher's an easy out. So, like, unless you're a guy batting in front of Cody Bellinger nowadays, you're not going to get pitched around anymore. So, I mean, it, it, it's it. I, I feel like a lot of people will say there's less strategy involved with the universal DH. No, and at first I outs, thought that. I your th- job. I I thought that for years, in a sense, yes, it's less strategy for the um, for how you're going to set up the lineup for for the team with the DH, but it's more strategies how you're going to pitch long with the DH yeah. in the lineup. So yeah. it, it's really a trade off of less strategy for one team for more strategy for another team, which I'm a fan of. More home runs, more base hits. Let's get these guys on base. Let's get more runs in. Yeah, and in 2023, we're gonna have larger bases. First, second, and third base will go from 15 inches squared to 18. I don't really care. I don't know if you've got a big opinion on this. Maybe this limits injuries. Oh, that's what it does. It it increases stolen bases. If that's what that's doing, then I like that. If that's what that's doing, I like that a lot. Because I like stolen bases. I think they're fun. I think they're fun. I mean, when the Yankees were really struggling this year, your Tyler Wades, your Tim LaCastro's before Torres ACL, your Andrew Velasquez, Greg Allen, like those guys were swiping bags and the Yankees stole like 30 bags within like a week or something. And it, it was more than they like stole more bags in like a month than they had in their like in the past, like, I don't know, three months or, or like the past year or some shit. And it was fun and they were winning. And I'm not saying that, oh, you know, stack your team with Greg Allen. I'm not saying stack your team with Tyler Wade, but I'm saying it's fun as hell to watch. Like, yeah, the home runs are cool, you know, but 
you know, how many of those do you get a game? If I'm getting five stolen bags a game, I'm like, sign me up. I love it. I love it. Yeah, for me, it's going to keep me more engaged in the games. And I know you said don't don't stack your team up with all these great speedsters. But, like, as a Dodger fan, I can't help but think how many more stolen bases is Trey Turner going to get if if he stays with us next season? How many more stolen bases is Mookie Betts going to get? Like, the, because the Dodgers have a good amount of guys – who can run base as well and have speed, it's going to be beneficial to teams like that. And I think it just makes it more fun to bring small ball back into the game a little bit. Cause I know we've touched on this topic before home runs and all are cool, but at some point last year, when all the no hitters were happening, it got pretty boring it did. to see oh, just really home runs and strikeouts. I mean, what was the league batting average? Like 230, 240 something. That's not fun for fans, especially if they're just trying to get in the game. So it's just not the way the game is supposed to be, so I like it um, a lot. 244. Yeah. Down a tick every year except for tw- – for it jumped up four points from 2018 to 2019 when they juiced the balls again. But not, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love it. And, I mean, that also gives you – like, there are guys that don't steal bases but run well. Like, I like I know, like, I watch him play every day. Aaron Judge wants the bases – Really, really well. He's quick. Dude can move. Like except when Phil Nevin is his third base coach. Except when Phil Nevin is his third base coach. <laughs> like, but dude can move. Before he like started before this year, Stan could move. Stan can't move at all now, but he could. Judge can really move, and he said he would. He he's the, you know he can totally see himself being a 30-30 guy, and I don't think that's absurd to say. I don't think that's absurd to say now. But I, I, you know, I don't think the Yankees are going to have him try to steal 30 bases, especially in a contract year. But I, I mean, it's fun to watch. Like when guys are going, like when you see the six, seven, 282 behemoth of a man running at full speed, 90 feet, like you're, you're like, oh, shit, he's moving. Like, all right, this is fun to watch. And like, if you get more of that, you know, like, we like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, you still see, like, you still see clips of, you know, David Ortiz trying to steal third base in that game against the Indians, you know? Like, yeah, he failed, but it's fun. And, like, if, if like, like, you'll see clips of, like, our pool swiping a bag. And you're like, that's funny as shit. It's from, like, five years ago. If you get that more, sign me up. I'm like so down for that, and I'm that's a I and and I think it's going to limit injuries, which is phenomenal. I, I think I think that was something that went completely under the radar, and I think it's phenomenal. I do as well. I, I people won't be talking about it until it happens next year, just because I know a lot of people were caught up in the whole oh, oh, banning the shift and universal DH and the the luxury tax and all that that. As you said, it was kind of just swept under the rug. But when it happens next year, I think people are really going to notice. And I think we're going to – it's going to be easy to notice how big the bases are as well. It's yeah. It's going to be a small difference. Oh, no. I Three square inches sounds minuscule, but it's not. It's definitely not. Um, and then there's the 14-second pitch clock, maybe 19 with a runner on base. Cool. I guess. I mean – if it's too fast, just step off. It's going to take more time. 
No? I agree with you. I mean, I think 14 seconds is way too fast, especially for some guys. I, I don't think a pitcher, the pitcher's time in between pitches is really that big of a deal at all. I don't think that's what's screwing up the game. Um, so I, I, it's whatever. I mean, and I don't think a five second difference between no runners on base and runners on base is going to be that good for a pitcher. Like they need more time than that. I feel like when there's a runner on base, because you know, you got it, especially when there's a runner on second base, you got to go through extra signs. You got to have mound visits and stuff like that, because you know, the runner on second base is trying to steal the sign and do whatever to give his batter the heads up. Hey, this is coming. So I don't know. I don't really like it. I think it might actually lead to more pitcher injuries, but it's not coming this year. So guys have a little bit of time to get used to it in next spring training. Yeah. I like my thing is if, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this article. I was really hoping that you would keep talking so I could try to read it, but it's, I, I think that the average time in between pitches, I believe it says, 22.4 22.4 seconds. This was 2018. Um, I could be making that up, but I think that's what it is. So if it's 22.4 seconds and, and you're shrinking it to 14, like that's a significant difference. Like when I pitch, I'm waiting on the mound, like corralling myself, getting myself together until I'm like throwing strikes consistently. Like, okay, I've hit my spot the same place in the, like this, this I've hit my spot like three, four times in a row. Then like, I'll literally just like talk to my catcher, like on the mound, be like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's move. But like, I, I don't think I can get into that rhythm, just rapid firing and go. So I, I mean, could that cause more runs, more walks, more more mistakes in location? Sure, but could it also cause more injuries and a little bit of boringness? Yeah. So, you know, one of the questions I do have, though, which I'm sure will get clarified by next season, is when will the pitch clock start? Like, does it start when the when the catcher throws the ball back? To the I want to. Yeah, I think that's. Like, when I, it, I don't know when. I, if start. it's if it's when he goes into the what's if it's when he goes into the stretch, then I think that that I think it's fine. Because yeah, if it's I, if it's once if it's once you're like in your like once you've like gone onto the rubber and fine, but like if it's the second that the ball comes back, because like there are some pitchers that like walk down the mound and walk back up to it after their pitch, especially yeah, or after a strikeout they'll go walk around whatever, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, here's the big one: the shift. Ah. I don't really know what to make of this. So basically what it is, is teams must have two infielders on each side of second base, which to be honest is kind of bullshit because you could literally just like put a guy a step to the left or to the right of second. And it's not technically a shift, but okay. Um, I don't really know how to feel. I like it, but I don't, I'm, it's really a gray area for me. Yeah, I, you know, you know, I, I'm still not sure exactly how they're going to do it because I've heard some things too where because they've they've tested this in the minor leagues where what they say by shift ban is you can still have three guys on one side of the infield but they can't be in none of them can be in the outfield they have to be like on the line right. of the dirt and field so I don't know if they're going to do that or if it's going to be two on each side. Um, but, you know, I, 
I don't like the shift to a degree where Joey Gallo said this like a month ago or whatever, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. When you have four or five guys in the outfield, that's that's not okay. Like when you put an infielder in outfield depth, no, I'm not for that. But I'm okay with the shift, but we just have to kind of see, is it a modification of the shift where the infielder just can't be standing in the outfield grass at all? Or is it a complete shift ban? Although, you know, I was um, – watching MLB Network as soon as the CBA ended and we had the whole um, they started talking about the shift ban one thing that Francisco Lindor had said about the shift ban which I totally agree with it actually allows these infielders to show more of their athleticism without the ban and I think that's very true so I think that's going to be fun but you know there's, I, I don't really see a problem with the shift only because it's like yes you're trying to get more base hits back in the game but these are professional hitters, and if they can't hit the other way, then it's where a problem. Half the infield is wide open for them, then that's on them. That's oh, not yeah, on the fielders. That, that's the fielders and the manager being smart about how to get a guy out. That's just part of the game. But you know, we'll see how it goes on. I I will bet you by next season, a month into it, we won't even care about it anymore, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, then there's the. The, the salary increase, the major league minimum salary increase and the minor league minimum salary increase. So the major league minimum salary increase will go from $570,000, $500 to seven hundred and increase by twenty grand every season through 2026. So by 2026, it'll be the minimum will be seven hundred and eighty grand. Cool, whatever. I don't really care. Um, the minor league minimum salary, second year and going forward, um, in 2022, for first-year players, it'll be 57-2. And then for second-year players, it'll be 114100 And then by 2026, it'll go from 57-2 for first-year players to 63-6. And for second-year players, 114-1 to 127-1. I like it. Good. Good. But the, the more important thing is um, the, like, like the, the, the minimum pay per week. So, or like the, the pay per week. So for rookie, it's um for rookie ball, it's four hundred bucks a week. For high and a low A, it's five. For double A, it's six, and for triple A, it's seven. So, like, they're still not making anything. Like, right? They're they're really not making anything because per twenty three weeks, that's ninety two hundred eleven five thirteen eight and sixteen one. It's really not enough, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, th- this is where our, the owners and players are the most divided because we know the owners, there, there are a lot of owners in the league. We've seen it with the Reds and the A's this offseason. They don't want to spend. They just don't want to spend for whatever reason, even though I guarantee you all these owners can afford nine figure payrolls right now. All that. I mean, um, I mean. I mean, the Oakland A's owner is worth $2.1 billion, and that, and in 1991, they had the highest payroll. It was $33 million that year. That's the very like, same number it is today. Isn't it? Um, it's the same number it yeah, was today. Yeah, same number today, and now it's the second least, smallest payroll, right? It is, I believe, I the smallest. I, I don't thought know. it was the second smallest. Either whatever. One or it's, second. it's down there. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean – it's still not enough that they're making, but I'm glad they're making progress on it. Um, as I mentioned, this was the biggest holdup in the CBA for 
forever, basically, until they until the international draft became a huge deal, which we can maybe touch about in a bit. But um, you know, I'm glad to see them increasing the minimum salaries and the salaries for the minor league players and you know, it at least sets a precedent that the next time they sit down and talk at the table, they're going to increase it again. How much? We don't know. Uh, but I think the hope is right now, you know, we got this CBA out of the way, which is great. We got five years. Okay, so now now we got five years under the CBA. All right, that also means we got five years for the players and owners to talk to each other and understand each other. So we're not in this situation again because we don't want to be here again in five years. I can tell you that right now. And I worry about that right now because if they don't – if they don't figure something out in five years to avoid a lockout, I'm not problems. sure we get as look lucky as we did this time uh, right. because they were desperate this time around. They definitely were. Um, and and that was in large credit to the 2020 shortened season due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. If that didn't happen, I don't know that this is happening right now, but yeah. we can't risk another five years of them not having good relations. And then we're back at a lockout. That's probably going to last longer than this one. So it's a very volatile time for MLB. Um, they got to figure some things out. I mean, we see NBA and NFL, they get along well enough, I would say, to avoid lockouts and stuff. But, um, you know, they got five years to figure this out. Yeah. And then the last thing we're going to touch on is the luxury tax threshold goes from 210 to 230 million and increases. Um, Three million dollars from 2022 to 2023, and then four million dollars. And it, okay, you know, no, nah, that's just bullshit. It goes 230, 233, 237, 241, and then 244, 2026. Um, phenomenal. Wait, what? I agree. Oh, no, wait, the first okay. Um, okay, yeah, sure. All right, cool, that's good. Spend more money. All right, we're done with yeah, that. I agree. I yeah. mean, I, you, you know how I feel about team yep. spending money. I Look, we'll get to the Dodgers a little bit later with what they're doing, but I'm all down for it. Like, at least they're spending. The Yankees have, what, $240 million in the payroll? I'm glad to see them spending. More teams need to be doing this. Spend money. It's good. Yeah. Only good things come from that. Holy free agency frenzy. I mean, where do we start? Holy free agency friends. And trades, too. I mean, trades are going crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Oh. Um, wow. Uh, there were some real shockers in there. Yeah, well, I guess we'll go down the list pretty quickly. Um, starting with the Yankees. They got Donaldson, Isaiah Conner, Falefa. And Anthony Rizzo, they're a better team than they were last year. They're still not good enough, though. Um, you, so you think they're good enough to make the playoffs, maybe win a round, but not the World Series? I don't think they're a World Series caliber team. I think if they go get Frankie Montas, they it takes them up a step. Okay. Um, God, you Anthony, think the, Anthony Volpe better be the greatest player of all time. <laughs> he needs to be the next Derek Jeter or Jesus to work out. Bob Nightingale is the worst reporter of all time. Current players who will be making more money this season than the entire Oakland A's with their $33 million payroll. (laughs) Carlos Correa, Twins, 35.1. Garrett Cole, Yankees, 36. Anthony Rendon, Angels, 37.5. Corey Seager, Rangers, 37.5. Max Scherzer, Yankees, (laughs) 43.3. 
Scherzer to Yankees absolutely confirmed. What a great report by Bob. I love him. Anyway, so um, the he Jays. Was, he was my guy during the lockout. He, oh, he was everyone's guy during the lockout. He got all his credibility back during the lockout, and then he lost yeah. it very quickly. It's fine. Yeah. Um, the Jays got better. Uh, Tevin Gosman, they got um, complete overpay. You say Kikuchi, they got complete overpay. Matt Chapman, they got trade. Um, they got better, but like people are are under this impression that they're going to be the greatest team of all time and that they're going to win 100 games. And let's be honest, they're just not. I'm sorry, they're just not going to. Their lineup is so good. Mm-hmm. Their rotation isn't as deep as we think it is. Like it, it, it really isn't. I think Barrios is a stud. I think Manoa is a stud. Who else? I don't think Gosman's very good. I, I genuinely don't think Kevin Gosman's a very good pitcher. Gosman was an overpay. I mean, he fell off once the whole substance thing went away. So I, I think, think he's about. I don't think he's a good pitcher. Ryu's um, not a good pitcher anymore. I mean, he's fine, but like he's mediocre. He's, he's, like he's a number four or five guy that can make most rotations. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't scare he me. He he's not what he was with the Dodgers when he was a Cy Young candidate that one year. Yeah. Um, Kikuchi really fell off in the second. Kikuchi's half awful. I I never got the Kikuchi. Out. He look Kikuchi was only an All Star last year because the Mariners needed an All Star. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you that the Blue Jays are better, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I do feel like the Blue Jays are going to be in it for the division all season. Oh, I do. Uh, but I, I I believe they're certainly a playoff team. At worst, obviously, wild card, but um, I think it's really going to be between them, the Yankees, and the Rays for the division. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of ALE's teams, we'll go to the Red Sox. Um, they signed Trevor Story. They lost the Water Rodriguez. Um, they lost Hunter Renfro. They signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, I thought they reacquired Bradley Jr. Uh, yeah, they reacquired. From with Hunter Renfro, right? Like I thought it I was believe a switch. So. I believe so. Yeah, was a, is, I think it was the fi- I think it was the final trade before the lockout happened, which is absolutely her. tragic because right. Renfro rakes and Jackie Bradley Jr. hit one sixty something last last year. But, yeah. Okay, so the way I see this, is the Red Sox aren't a good team. Ren- Renfro for Bradley specifically. The Red Sox want to upgrade on defense uh, because they they have the offense. Hunter Renfro Brady is like Bogart, Devers. Isn't um, didn't story. is Hunter Renfro wasn't he, he was literally a gold glove finalist. Was he? No yes. way. Yeah. I wrote an article about it. Oh my god. Okay, never mind. Um, but anyways, about the Red Sox in general. Let me double check that. I was, sure I'm not wrong. Look, let's see. I was never okay. uh-huh. yeah. Redfield finalist for the gold glove, Joey Gallo, Hunter Renfro, and Kyle Tucker. Okay. Redfro I led the league with 16 outfield assists. Um Yep. Okay, I was mistaken. Take back what I said. But let me talk about the Red Sox in general for a second here. So I was never personally that high on Trevor Story, and the main reason I wasn't was just because, uh, you know, I'm a Dodgers fan, and Story was in our division for a while. He's a Tommy John surgery waiting to happen for me. Like, I I don't trust him long term, and you just gave the guy, what, six years? Um, I don't really know about that. But I love the Red Sox offense. Overall, I love the Red Sox offense. Bogarts, Devers, Story with his bat is still pretty good. Uh, J.D. Martinez, I love that. But the, the the pitching, they have no pitching. This is why I didn't say I think they'd be in it for the AL East by the end of the year because they don't have any pitching. You mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez is gone. Is their ace now Nathan Evaldi? Because Chris Sale is, is hurt now too. 
Who's in their bullpen? Barnes? Whitlock? They want to make Whitlock a starter. Why? I just don't, Why? I don't trust that pitching. I think that might be one of the – they might have one of the worst pitching staffs in all of baseball. Yeah, they're really bad. I don't understand why people think that they're going to compete with, like, the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Like, <laughs> I don't I, get it. To me, they're the American League version of what the Phillies are. The Phillies. Oh, that's a great com- – no. I, I mean, the Phillies have a good rotation now, but – But they still don't have enough pitching overall. Yeah, yeah, they're bullpen strategic. Yeah, they're bullpen exactly. strategic. So I, I think that the, the comparisons, two great offenses, like two of the best offenses in baseball, along with like the Blue Jays, Dodgers, and Yankees, right? Yeah. Pitching, I'm not so sure. Neither team is deep in pitching. You did mention, of course, that the Phillies rotation is a little better because they have Nola, Wheeler, and Ranger Suarez. But behind those guys, they don't really have anybody that's notable. Right. Um, so – I don't really know what the Red Sox are. I mean, I think they can – with the expanded playoffs, I think they're still about an 85-win team, though, and can make the playoffs as a six seed. But I think that's their ceiling. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I don't know why people are comparing them to really good teams. Eh, they're mediocre at best. Maybe a little bit above, but okay. Uh, the Twins just really, like, <laughs> no pun intended came out of right field. Like Correa, Sonny Gray, Girochella, Gary Sanchez. Okay. I didn't uh, even know they were buying. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, okay. But I think that's the positive of the expanded playoffs. It encouraged more teams to buy that we didn't expect would buy. Carlos Correa was Ooh, the I Chicago think- White Sox and Toronto Blue Jays are in an agreement on a trade that will send Zach Collins to the Jays in exchange for Reese McGuire. So just a straight up lefty cat, lefty swinging catcher for lefty swinging catcher. By the way, Reese McGuire was the guy who got arrested for um, <laughs> um, uh, public masturbation. <laughs> um, I had to find a way to phrase that that would not get this podcast taken down. Um, and Zach Collins rakes. I don't really know how they did that one for one, but Zach Collins fucking rakes. What? Um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Reese knows how to handle the stick. (laughs) Sorry, okay. Um, all right, yeah, the the twins. I don't, I didn't really think they were buying, but sure, no, uh, it's same here, but. I still don't know who they really like. Carlos Correa is a great addition. Don't get me yeah, wrong. for sure. Any what's the point? Well, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, look, they could be a 90 win team, they could still be a 70 win team. That's the thing with the twins. Like, we don't know about Byron Buxton because Byron Buxton is always hurt. Um, yet the twins gave him. No. No. Hurt right now. My Wi-Fi went out. I had to pause it. I thought it was. I thought it was going to go down. I thought. I thought oh, okay. we were going to lose all the footage. All right, go ahead. Okay, keep going. Um. So I, I, you know, I don't really know what the twins are doing here, but hey, good for them. I mean, if you want to buy, buy. I'm not against buying. Oh I'm yeah, fuck it. If you want to buy, go buy. I'm just saying they're anywhere between still a 71 team and a 90-92 win team. And I think 90-92 is their ceiling and they can get out of a wild card round, but that's it. Yeah, I think 
I think that is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, ceiling in N4. Um, the Tigers got a Eduardo Rodriguez and Javi Baez. Cool, whatever. They are going in the right direction. They are going to be really good in a few years. They're going to be really good. Riley Green, stud. Spencer Torkelson, stud. Once McGill Cabrera retires and that contract is off the books, they're going to go brazy. That team is going to be really good, and it's going to hit you pretty soon. You don't realize it, but because, you know, they're still going to be, like, last place or fourth place team this year, they're going to be good, and they're going to be good pretty damn soon. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, look at their record last year. They're surprising to a lot of casual baseball fans. They weren't horrible last year they started the season horrible but the last couple of months they were great and you know i know people like to talk about like to crap on aj Hinch and stuff like that because of what happened with the Astros. that dude is still a hell of a manager and i i he's one of the one of the guys that i would love to have manage my team um i think right now the red sox i'm mean, not the red sox i'm sorry that that i thought red sox because of rodriguez uh, the tigers are maybe right about still where they were last year just because they're bringing up all these developmental guys but like you said in a couple of years they're going to be really good they're going to be right up there with the white Sox contending for the division be right up there for probably a three four seed in the al maybe maybe two i don't know about one um right i think you still got to give it another year or two though yeah, um, the Astros reset Justin Verlander. Whatever, I don't really give a shit. We're not talking. The about Astros that. are gonna fall off a bit though because yeah. they lost Correa. Correa is a they huge loss Correa. for them. They did. Um, I, th- you know, I, I, I would still have them winning the division right now, but I'm not as confident saying that because Correa is such a huge piece, and Justin Verlander is coming off Tommy John surgery at what 38, 39 years old. You and you just gave the guy 25 million dollars. Seriously, like. I don't know about that one. God, he was a free agent. Huh. Uh, the Rangers, pfft, the Rangers, like, just kind of went crazy before the lockout. They got a Seager and Simeon, so that up-the-middle combo is going to be so much fun to watch. Also signed John Gray. The Rangers are going to be good soon. Watch out. Soon. They're not going to be good no. this year. I, I would say, watch yeah, I think, they're five, I think they're 500 this year, but one guy I would keep an eye out for and within the – this year and the upcoming years is uh, Jack Leiter, Al Leiter's son. That dude's going to be really good in a couple of years. Not right now, but in a couple of years, he's going to be really good. Um, by the way, I don't, I'm not on the Adolis Garcia hype train. It's not on it. I would love for him to prove me wrong. I'm just not. Isn't he like an older guy? Like, I know he was a rookie last year, but he's so. kind of old for a rookie. Let me see. Adolis Garcia. Uh, yeah, he's 29. Yeah, he's, exactly. So he's not, he's yeah, already he's in young. his prime. So, yeah. Um, Mariners got Robbie Ray, Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, and you didn't even put it in the dock with Adam Frazier. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, that's good. I like the Mariners. I got a Mariners hat. Um, Mariners have always been a fun team to watch, even when they're bad. Yeah, high key, they were fun to watch this year. So much fun to watch down the stretch. Um, Jesse Winker is a great addition. I think Eugenio Suarez is definitely someone who's going to bounce back this year. Um, well, well, although Suarez isn't a guy anymore that was like when he was an all-star and he hit for average as well. Um, the one the one big issue I have, though, same with Kevin Gosman is Robbie Ray. Yeah. I don't think Robbie Ray repeats what he does. I also, um, like, let's get out of, let's get it out of the way that he's not, he should not have won Cy Young. 
like he let's get have. it let's get it out of the way and like let's not call that bias. He shouldn't have, but I think the reason he did though is because well, first off, the voters are terrible. We all know oh, that they're, they're the bad. voters for the Hall of Fame and the awards are terrible. But I think the reason Robbie Ray got it is because these voters know he'll never have a chance again. So he got it because he'll never have a chance again. Um, I think Robbie Ray was a huge overpay, but I love what they did on offense. I'm still a little torn on the Mariners, but I think they're kind of like one of those teams in the mix with the Twins. I think they're like a solid 88-win team. Yeah, right around there. I think they're they're not going to win as much last year. They won 90 games last year only because when you look at their run differential in close games. No, run differential differential was terrible, but their, their record in close games was really good. So that means they had a lot of luck. Some of that luck is going to give come back to haunt them this year. So, yeah. and they lost. Remember, they traded Kendall Graveman at the trade deadline last year. Uh, they so they lost their best reliever. So, they're <laughs> they're they're a decent team. Should make the playoffs, but not much else. Mets Heike went brazy beginning <laughs> and after, like just kind of went insane. Scherzer, Marte, Escobar traded for Chris Bassett. The Mets are going to win 88 games and not make the, and be a first round exit. Let's keep moving. Um, the Braves signed. No, I don't McKee. even know. I, hold on, I don't even know that they're going to be 88 wins though, because DeGrom with his injury uh, issues and, and really scares injured. me. Yeah. Hi, sure like, listen, injured. listen, like let, let's all get serious for a minute. Like I'm, I'm going to sit up in my chair. Jacob DeGrom, if he, like wasn't injured like and like continues down this path greatest pitcher of all time like i i I, I struggle to find a pitcher better like i i I genuinely struggle to find a pitcher better if he were to play if he were to get the ball every five days i cannot find it and i'm not talking in baseball i'm talking ever we have never seen shit like this ever and it's hurting my soul that I can't watch him pitch because he is so good. It's not like he's, he's, you know, he's good. He's got elite stuff. He's out of this world. Like this is a guy that like you, you, you know, you'll be sitting at like, uh, I don't know, a Dave and Buster's with your friend who doesn't watch baseball. And like, you're sitting down and Jacob DeGrom's pitching and he looks and go, Holy fuck. Who is this guy? He's really good. Like the greatest players in the world can't touch this guy they can't touch him and he's not and and, and the injuries are they like yeah Aaron Judge the injuries like it, it's bad you know he's very fun to watch he's like this guy he's like he could be the greatest pitcher of all time and we're getting shorted and it's really 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 unfortunate it's so tragic that we don't get to see this guy pitch every five days. And like, I'm, I'm seeing a trend here. I'm seeing a trend where this is going to spiral into a thing where he retires at age 34 or, unfortunately, or, or, you know, he has a major surgery and he comes back throwing 93 like Matt Harvey, you know, and, and, that's not to say that him and Matt Harvey were on the same level, but Matt Harvey was one of the greatest pitchers in baseball. And, and, and you know, he's a top five starter. But I mean, dude, I, I haven't seen anyone better than Jacob Durant in my lifetime. I think people older than you and I, Nick, would best compare him to Pedro or Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. I think he's better. 
Well, again, I can't really, I can't really speak on that given that, you know, they were not playing during my lifetime and I don't think they were playing during yours. They might've been for a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not while like you were coherent, really. Years. Yeah. Maybe. While, <laughs> not yeah. While you, yeah. Um, it, it really sucks. It really sucks. It does. And, you know, I think the, the two players in our lifetime, besides Jacob, or two pitchers that may become the closest, probably Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw. I remember Clayton Kershaw in his prime with the Dodgers was lights out. I mean, the dude won MVP once. I mean, and it's really hard for a pitcher to win MVP. Like, people got to understand that. And I, I Jacob Grom could – I feel like Jacob DeGrom is someone, if the Mets were a playoff team and he was healthy, Jacob DeGrom could win MVP two, three years in a row. Cy Young every single year. No one can hit him, not even the Dodgers lineup or the Blue Jays lineup that we just lulled about. I mean, nobody can hit this guy. Yeah, it's it's really hard to comprehend how good he is. Like, 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 it's he's he's so good. He's so good, dude. He pitched 92 innings last year. He had a 1.08 ERA. He's so good. In the last since 2018, the, the highest ERA he's had is 2.43. Since 20, his entire career, his entire career, the highest ERA he's had is 3.53. And the second highest is 3.04. Oh That's crazy. He's so good. He's so good. It's not even, he's so good. Um, I, and I know you mentioned he pitched 92 innings last year. Didn't he have like 154, 156 strikeouts too? I think I saw that. 46 punches and 11 walks. He had an ERA plus of 373. I guarantee you he wasn't even using any substances. No. I think that is just Jacob DeGrom is Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at ERA plus leaders of all time, and Mariano Rivera leads it with 205, and number two is Bill Foster with a 164 ERA plus. Jacob DeGrom is four spots down with a 157 ERA plus. To put it in perspective, Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer of all time, 205 ERA plus. All right, was Bill, was Bill Foster? I don't even know who this fool is. I actually, I've never heard of him either. No, okay. He, oh, um, he pitched, he pitched in the Negro Leagues, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, from, 19, he pitched 14 years, 1923 to 1937. He was a starter. So I guess I'll take Mo off that list because he's a reliever. So if we're going just starters, Jacob DeGrom is the third best ERA plus in baseball history, and he's four away. So the greatest ERA plus for a starter is 164. Jacob DeGrom had a 373 last year, 209 points better. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I can't, it's, it's insane. His strikeout to walk ratio was 13.27. That's, that's crazy. Uh, you know, I didn't even know until a week or two ago he was 34. I did not know that. Like, 
He's 34? Yeah, he's 34 right now. Fuck. You said he was going to retire at 34. He's 34 right now. Marco Gonzalez has the seventh best strikeouts to walk ratio of all time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, it's going by year. Never mind. I was, I oh. was going to say, of all time, whoa. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Jacob DeGrom is 34 already. So we're getting really robbed of the best days of his career. That's so that's tragic. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom, second best strikeout to walk ratio of all time. Point two, you know, you want to do some math? Point two three two five less than Chris Sale. Oh, Masahiro Tanaka, fifth best strikeout to walk ratio ever. <laughs> Fucking stud. He never walked. Anybody, anybody, he's so I love Masa. Nah, he's Jacob DeGrom, so good. I'm sorry, we've been we've gone, been going on a little rant about him. Brave sign column Q, Kenley Jansen, Eddie Rosario, Matt Olson in the trade. They just blew their farm up, they blew up their entire future for Matt Olson. Um, and listen, here's my thing is I really wanted Matt Olson, but they, but for what the Braves gave up. That would have probably had to include, like, if it was the Yankees, they would have to give up Volpe, and they would probably have had to give up, given up Peraza, maybe even Dominguez. Uh, I'm just not gonna do that. I, like, I'm so sorry. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. You can have him. I don't fucking care. I understand why they gave us so much because you know, if you look at the core of their roster, Matt Olson is what 28 right now, right? Dansby Swanson is still pretty young. He's not a superstar player. Really good player, though. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, still within, like, the first five years of their career. Austin Riley just getting started. So, I mean, the core of this team – oh, and let me not forget Max Fried, who I think is going to be a star within the next year or two. Um, all these guys are pretty young. So, I understand why they would mortgage the future to go get a guy in their prime because – their time to win is now, as we saw last year. And, you know, we've seen them in the playoffs for a couple of years now. Um, so I don't really know that the prospects were ever going to be part of their their uh, their team this year or next year as superstars. Because when you have guys like the guys I just mentioned on their team, you got to win now. You, you can't just say, hey, we want to bring the prospects up. And let's, um, all be, let's all be honest with ourselves. They are not a World Series type team. I don't like their starting rotation outside of like Max Fried. I really don't. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I love the bullpen though. I think the bullpen is great. Uh, but I do also think, you know, as a Dodgers fan, seeing Kenley Jansen really hurt. But at the same time, when you look at Kenley's walk rate and his strikeout rate, it's gone down the past few years. I think it maybe got a little better last year because, you know, you look at his stats a while ago, you didn't realize how good he was for the season last year. And in the playoffs, he was amazing. But overall, he's been kind of on the decline of his career. Uh, but I still think that's a really I wanted really to see him finish thing. a Dodger. Whatever. Yeah, I, it, it hurt. I actually cried about it a little bit. But um, I just don't like that rotation out of outside of Max Reed. I don't. I mean, Morton's okay. Morton's okay, but he's, he's really old. old now. Yeah, he's old. He's okay. really old. Um, let's see. What else? Marlon Scorge, Siller, Navasio Garcia, Yawn, Nelson National, Cruz, Yawn. Um, Cardinals resigned Albert Pujols. That's nice, but Yawn. Brewers <laughs> signed Andrew McCutcheon. Yawn. Cubs signed Seiya Suzuki. 
cool. I'm excited. I like him. I feel like he's going to be a fan favorite. I don't really want to go too depth, too much in depth with him. He's a stud. He's a fan favorite, though. I already like him. Yeah, I don't really know much about him, but all I know is he's 27, and he's going to be someone that puts fans in the seats for the fellas while they're rebuilding. I agree. Rocky signed Chris Bryant. Hey, what was why? that? Why? Why? What's the reasoning for that? I think me and you had this conversation. Let me pull up our text. My phone's at like 6%. Um, we did oh, either over. KB to the Rockies. Shocker. They're still a fourth place team. Yep. 7-182. 26 a year is a bag. I mean, that he'll be in Colorado. He'll put up numbers, but they still don't have enough pitching. Why would they do that? Yep. I have no clue. I mean, look, he said he wanted to go there. Good for him. Why? Why? But why would the Rockies? He already won a chip, I guess. I guess, but I I don't know. He was just on the Giants, a a surprising contending team. And now he's with the team that, as I mentioned to you, they're still a fourth place team. Like, they're on glitz, they are. Look, you know what he wants to do, though? He's going to be in Colorado for seven years. He's going to put up great numbers so he can make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. What if it was just for that? To make the Hall of Fame. He wants Hall of Fame numbers. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can never blame a hitter for going to Colorado. I'll say that. I just the organization, I don't understand why they did it, but go ahead. Padres uh traded for Sean Manaya and Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt's such a goat. Oh yeah. Bro's gonna hit 40 home runs. Just no bias there. Giants uh, uh signed no, calls for on the Padres. Hold on on the Padres real quick though. I still don't know about them because Tatis is out for three months because the dude's an idiot. He's not so stupid. And did you see they were all riding a fucking golf cart at spring training? Yes. They were like on the roof of the golf cart. I'm not big on that team at all. I don't even, I don't know if you saw my post about their pitching. I'm not a big fan of their pitching right now because you Darvish is old. Sean Manet is like a four starter. Blake Snell still needs to prove himself again. I think, I mean, he had a great season a couple of years ago. He was inconsistent last year. Joe Musgrove last year was his first really good season. Um, and then outside of that, I don't really know who their pitchers are, but I'm not big on it. And they still have a terrible bullpen as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, you know what? I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, let's see. Giants signed Carlson Don, Alex Cobb, re-signed Alex Wood, re-signed Anthony Disclafani, and signed Jock Peterson. They lost Buster Posey. They're going to be a second-place team. Um, Carlson yeah, so, Don okay. His arm is literally like meat on a bone. It's about to fall off. Like that joint is gone, bro. It is. But I also understand how why he got that much money because he had a great year last he year. Did. He did. He did all star. He threw a no hitter. Um, but you know, for the Giants, I I think the Giants are still a playoff team. Ninety wins, 90, 92 wins. But you just lost Buster Posey, who's been your leader for who knows how long. Uh, I don't know that Brandon Crawford is going to have another really good year because sometimes a lot of times when guys have a resurgent season at his age 33 34 they're not really gonna do that consistently um i'm kind of i still think the verdict is out there on brandon belt if he's gonna have another great season and look i love their pitching but you just lost chris bryant who was your middle of the order back they did they did do that um so and you know the way the team is set up now they're still gonna have to be relying on a lot of these guys like lamont wade jr and wilmer flores and darren ruff and I don't really like that. So, you know, they're still a decent team. They're still – this year they're still ahead of where they were. I think when you go back to what they were thinking last offseason, I still think they're ahead of their time. But I don't know that – okay, 
no, I know they're not going to be a 107 win team again. I can say that for certainty. Um, so, you know, they're still going to be a fun team to watch. Though. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, let's see. Dodgers got Freeman, uh, Kimbrell, and Daniel Hudson. They're really good. Um, the Dodgers have a, <laughs> the Dodgers have, um, uh, you know, I, I started to write an article about it and I didn't finish it. Um, but I, I've got this, I've got the stats. Um, actually, I think it was on my school account, which was okay. While you pull it up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the Dodgers. So I think, I don't know what's more shocking, Carlos Correa being a twin or Freddie Freeman just leaving Atlanta. Cause we talked about Freddie Freeman before the lockout. We both said he was going back to Atlanta. We were certain of it. I was 100% sure. And then time went on. Things happened. He left. And now he's a Dodger. Look at that. Um, look, that Dodger team is great. Look at their lineup. It, it's probably the best in baseball. This doesn't guarantee anything for them. But this obviously gives them a huge edge over everyone else in baseball. Um, I think Craig Kimbrell, put him back in the closers role. He's fine. I don't really... I just don't like him in a seventh or eighth inning. Like we saw him yesterday in spring training. He was terrible, but that was not a closer spot. And then Daniel Hudson is still a really solid reliever to me. Look at the Dodgers back end of that bullpen. You got Gratterall, Trinan, Kimbrell, Hudson. I mean, those guys all have great stuff. That stuff doesn't always mean performance wise, they're going to be great. But for those guys, it should. Um, starting rotation is the biggest question though. You know, you got, top three might be still one of the best in baseball. Bueller. Orias Kershaw, although Kershaw injury questions, maybe going to just give you 20 to 25 starts a year, but that's fine with me as long as it's healthy for the playoffs. Four or five is iffy, but the Dodgers have depth there too with David Price, a lot of prospects, and Tyler Anderson. Right now, it looks like Andrew Heaney is just going to be our starter for the first time through the order, um, first time through the rotation, and Tony Gonsolin's our five. Uh, but then we're going to get Dustin May back soon, and you know Phil Bickford is still building up. He's going to be a bullpen guy. I mean, Look, the Dodgers have the most talented team. They have the best lineup. They have one of the nastiest bullpens and have one of the deepest teams. The Dodgers' projected team WRC Plus is 129. The 1927 Yankees murderer road team that is widely regarded as the greatest big league team of all time. The roster that featured names like Lou Gehrig, Tony Rosario, and Babe Ruth. Because that team consisted of six Hall of Fame players as well as a Hall of Fame manager and president. They set the single season record for team OPS, WRC plus, and batting average. They had a team combined WRC plus of 127. The Dodgers have a better projected WRC plus than that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fucking insane. It's crazy. It's fucking Um, insane. When you look at the lineup, when you look at the team, it's an all-star team. That's what it is. There's no debating that. Yep. Um, last team I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, they got sticks. <laughs> they they can hit. No one ever doubted that. Um, they have terrible defense. They, yeah, they're gonna be the worst defense in the league. They got uh Kyle Schwarber, um, Nick Castellanos, um, and then they signed Corey Knebel, who I saw pitch. It's big trading against the Yankees. His stuff looked really bad, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much to make of um, how much to make of spring training performance is good or bad. I they're okay, so whatever, right? All right, we're gonna do our division winner predictions, rapid fire, closing out this portion uh, or, or this episode. First episode back, we've been we've been rolling for a hot minute here. Um, so um, Nick, I'm gonna start with you. 
We'll go with our AL East. Actually, you know what? To not suede any answers, we're going to go at the same time. So we're going to go three, two, one, go. And you're not going to and you're going to say it on go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I got the Blue Jays winning the AL East. I think they're the best team in that in that division. Um, by a slim margin over the Yankees, though. By a slim margin over the Yankees. I don't think it's I, – I could totally see it being a toss-up. I could totally see the Rays making a run at it, too. I, I have learned just not to count those fuckers out. They just don't go away. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll go NL East. Right? Oh, I thought we – did no, you want to do all of AL first? Or you want to just go to NL East? Yeah, let's just go NL East. All right, ready? Three, two, one, Braves. Braves. Yeah. Uh, there's not really much to talk about there. The best team there. No. I like. I I don't really have any hype on the Mets. Unless, look, if Degrom and Scherzer stay healthy, then they have a chance. But I don't think they will. I I concur. All right, we'll go to the AL Central now. Ready? Three, two, one, White Sox. White Sox. <laughs> There's no other team that's good enough. The Guardians aren't good enough. The Royals aren't good enough. The Tigers aren't good enough. The Twins can maybe make a run, but they're not even close. Um, all right, we'll go NL Central. Three, two, one. Brewers. Brewers. Yeah. Brewers are the best team there. I mean, they. I think they have the best starting rotation in baseball. I. I would say they're up there. I would say they're they're right there. I would say the Marlins are up there if too. Marlins are up there. Marlins I think. Are, Mets would be up there again if Degrom and Scherzer yeah. could be healthy. I think Dodgers are, are are up there. I think the Yankees are up there. I think that, um, yeah. All right, we'll go. What AOS. AL West? Three, two, one. Mariners. Mariners. Yeah. Ooh, I, thought, <laughs> I really thought you were gonna go Astros. Look, that's one I'm really torn about, but. I just want to go to the Mariners because that would be so fun. I think it's way more fun too. I I agree. All right. I and think I know Dodgers, where we're going with the next one. Yeah, yeah and then obviously, obviously the Dodgers for the NL West. So I was really trying to get a little bit of of debate going on, but we went six for six, agreed with every with each other's picks. Um, that's really gonna do it for us. So thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. And Nick's oh, supposed I'm, to say he's Nick Bear, but you know, it's, it's been, been a, a minute. It's been it's been a minute. It's okay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at MSF0416 underscore and on Twitter, Micah underscore 0416. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas Bear7, capital N, capital B, and the number seven, and then on Instagram at Nicholas Golfer. Um Check our our website, blog posts, um, coming all the time, baseballplugpodcast.com. Yeah, I think that's really going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace out.